Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. In the name of Jesus, amen. I can remember a couple occasions growing up, just a couple, of being ushered from one part of the house to the bathroom. My mother doing the ushering while saying something like, if filth like that is going to come out of your mouth, we're going to wash it out with some soap. <laughs> Maybe you got that one once in a while, too. I'm not sure that many parents these days deal with their foul-mouthed children like that, or even if it's legal. <laughs> if it's not, I'm sure my mom is safe, her, her crime being long past the statute of limita- limitations for prosecution. Uh, but that's what I got. Got threatened with it a lot more than it actually happened, but my foul mouth got the nasty soap treatment at least once or twice. Which has only a very little to do with what the prophet Isaiah had in mind when he cried out in fear. I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. That's the confession that emerges like a yelp from the prophet's mouth when he comes face to face with the unveiled glory of the the thrice holy God. This is Isaiah's call scene, this grand vision he's having, naked before the all-knowing spotlight, powerless and nowhere to hide, no one to blame, before the unveiled glory of God, Isaiah can muster only, woe is me, for I'm a man of unclean lips. And that doesn't just mean that unclean lips, that he, he uses some foul language that might merit some soap in the mouth. Lip means, lips means language in the broadest sense. To be a man of unclean lips means to be a man who literally can't say anything clean. Whose whole thought world, language again in the broadest sense, what he thinks, what makes him tick, the categories of his mind, his go-to reflex reaction to things, it's all a mess, all dirty. Unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. It's actually that part of the confession that really that really struck me that I want to spend a little bit of time asking what that might mean. To be amongst a people of unclean lips. You know, I don't think it would be true in my case, um, but you can imagine a situation in which a mother mid-soap in her kid's mouth says, where did you learn to talk like that? And the child responds, I learned it from you. From listening to you and from everyone else who lives in this house because that's how everyone talks. How How was I supposed to learn anything different? I think that's something of what Isaiah is confessing and hence the depth of his woe. When he says, unclean lips, and I live amidst a people of unclean lips. In other words, not only are my thoughts and words and the deeds that flow from them a mess, but I live amongst a people where it's impossible to learn anything otherwise. Where the only training I ever get is to speak a fouler and fouler tongue, lost amongst a bunch of losers, we might say. Stark example of this this sort of thing. Um, not too long ago, I uh, saw a clip, some pictures actually, 
Um, some folks from Westboro Baptist Church uh, picketing at a soldier's funeral. You've probably heard of this group, mostly from one family, call themselves a church, really a devilish cult that's made, made it their mission to go around the, the country spewing hatred. For example, convinced that God desires the, depth of, the death of service members as a way of punishing a wayward nation, they, they picket military funerals. That's kind of their main thing. And this little clip that I, this picture saw, this little three or four-year-old girl holding a sign, she's too young to read, um, says, uh, your daddy deserved to die. You know, to the, uh, spoken to the little children at the funeral. And then there's other signs other people have um, with things that are too vile and vulgar uh, to repeat here. And on the one hand, you know, it's, it's just horrible and it's angry. What the heck do you think they are? But on the other hand, it's heartbreaking, especially, especially to see these little children. It's heartbreaking to see these little children and then uh, to know that they are very unlikely ever to hear anything else. Where they, because they live in this context, this closed system, of this cult, where it's only uh, uh, hatred and, and foulness uh, 24-7, they're never going to break out of that. They dwell amongst the people of unclean lips, we'd say. And so we'll almost certainly become persons of unclean lips. Little people of unclean lips amongst big persons of unclean lips. They'll never have a chance to learn anything different. See what I mean? Now that's a stark example, of course, which is kind of easy to see as an outsider. But given Isaiah's confession... As we stand before the most holy God today, as we, we might ask ourselves, uh, how am I a person of unclean lips living amongst a people of unclean lips? Or maybe even how have I been the people of unclean lips amongst whom others live <laughs> to keep them from learning other things? You know, I look at those Westboro uh, parents and, and can shake my head at them. Um, but I've got to confess, with, with my oldest daughter, now just off to college, becoming a little bit pensive, I wonder, or I've been wondering a little bit recently, uh, just what sort of foul language, words, habits, defense mechanisms, that she learned from me. I mean, hopefully she learned other things too, but the sort of, sort of things she just absorbed from me, that she couldn't help absorbing from me, that made her a child of unclean lips because she lived with a father. Of unclean lips. Or maybe we should think of this. A lot of people these days, you know, talk about the echo chambers that we live in. Usually political sorts of things. People in that echo chamber and that echo chamber never really um, coming together uh, to hear people's views on the other side. Now we might say something like uh, people um, choose to or it's easy to simply um, sequester yourself with people's whose lips are unclean in exactly the same way yours are, so you only hear the, the same sort of echoes. And there's no good. Your views are, are never challenged. Actually, one of the fallouts of the, the COVID hibernation, or whatever you might call it, that we don't interact with physically with people as much as we once did, especially with people who are different from us. That's a big problem. It causes big problems. But in a bigger sense, and this is probably what Isaiah is getting at as much as anything, is to say that we actually all live in one big echo chamber. Describing the sin that binds all of us and, and quoting the Psalms um, with an image similar to Isaiah's, Paul writes of you and me, he says, their throat is an open grave and they use their tongues to deceive. 
The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses, of curses and bitterness. <laughs> wow. He says that all of us. As much as we might like to think that we're so different from that guy over there in the other echo chamber, in other words, maybe even thinking we speak an entirely different language, insofar as our words come from a spirit of accusation and anger, full of rancor and resentment, infected with pride, posturing, and prove myself better, Paul, Isaiah, and the thrice holy God agree and agree against us that all of us are really just speaking different dialects of the same unclean tongue. Woe is us. Unclean lips amongst the people of unclean lips. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. (laughs) Stuck in that unclean system amongst unclean people with nothing but old dirty words, but behold, a fiery angel and a burning coal from God's altar, and miracle of miracles, new words. Your guilt is taken away. And your sins atoned for. A coal from the altar for Isaiah, and then 800 years later, a son from the bosom of the Father, aflame with love for you. Jesus, the Son of God, who himself is called what? The Word of God. Jesus, who is called the language of God, because Jesus is that new language. If you ask yourself what language God speaks, by the way, don't say God speaks Greek or Hebrew. God speaks jesus ease. He speaks Christ-ish. <laughs> Jesus is called the Word of God, the language of God, because he comes to you, to our world, to our echo chambers of accusation and anger, of rancor and resentment. He comes with new words. He comes with good news. In fact, we call it good because it is new. <laughs> because in, uh, instead of all the old garbage, it's a new language heretofore unheard of grace and mercy and forgiveness. You want to hear some? Hear some. A woman, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Shamed shamed Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. Nicodemus in the dark, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. All of us burdened down, come to me, all you are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. All of us in the shadow of death, trusting in me, you've already crossed from death unto life, and I will raise you up on the last day. That's some new language. (laughs) That's a little bit of Isaiah's burning coal, which begins to break us out of those echo chambers, and maybe, hey, get this, maybe even open our mouths. To begin to speak some some new words ourselves. I mentioned that picture of the Westboro Baptist Church and the little three or four year old girl. Her name's actually Megan. An old picture I saw when Megan Phelps Roker, who's now in her 20s, was just three or four. Megan's no longer a part of Westboro Baptist Church. And why? Because some people... People fluent in the new language came and spoke to her. 
Because some people actually approached her on the picket line while she was spewing only the old language, but they refusing to speak nothing to her but the new one. Christ-ish and Jesus-ease began to break her out of that echo chamber to hear something new. It's quite a story, and I could go on uh, more about her, uh, but I'll leave you uh, to go check out her, her TED Talk, Megan Phelps Roker, the rest of her story. Or maybe it's just enough to tell you again that her story is your story. All of us people of unclean lips, amongst people of unclean lips, who by grace and grace alone have been touched by the burning coal, have heard and begun to love the new language. Here's more of it. I baptize you in the name of the thrice holy, thrice merciful God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are His forever. On the command and authority of Jesus, all your sins are forgiven. We say in the creed, Jesus, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, Jesus, who no matter how dirty the lips, invites all the lips to take and eat his body, to drink his blood shed for you. You go forth from here with that language, the Lord bless you and keep you and smile upon you and send you forth in peace. To speak the new language. <laughs> it's kind of what it's all about. To go forth speaking the new language. Haltingly, uh, stuttering, lisping. This new language is hard for us living in the old echo chambers that we do. <laughs> Couldn't help but think, saw a YouTube video of some old uh, Happy Day shows. Grew up in the mid-70s, 80s, you know, happy days. Go check it out, Fonzie. Super cool, super smooth Fonzie, but there's certain things that Fonzie has difficulty saying. <laughs> things like, I'm sorry. Uh, things like, I was wrong. And so when he come, comes to say these things, you think he's all cool, and so he'll come to Potsy and say, hey, Potsy, I'm sorry. <laughs> Or uh, Al, I was... He can't, he can't quite get out these... These words that he's supposed to say, that's kind of us. When I think of when it's us trying to speak this new language because it's, it's hard because, again, we spend so much time in the other echo chamber with that other language. Which is why you got to come back here. <laughs> why you got to come back here to this language immersion program known as the Church of Jesus Christ. Come back here so you can hear the new language spoken over and over and over again. That's the key to becoming a good speaker, after all. I've got this language app on my phone, Duolingo, for 10 years. If I used it like I was supposed to, 30 minutes a day, I'd be fluent in 10 languages by now. You forget languages. You have to come back. You, have to, you, you, you learn by repeating. You have to come out of the echo chambers and come here and hear the new tongue and the new language. Week after week, to have your lips touched by the coal and the bread and the wine. To have your ears hear again what Isaiah rejoiced to hear. And we rejoice with him. Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. And your sin atoned for. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.